Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Lion of Lamb Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Wednesday, February 7th of the year 2024. Coming a little bit early this week because of other scheduling issues, but it's timely as we have some stories to share with you. Iran now is believed to have enough nuclear material to enrich and build up to six nuclear weapons. Now, it's going to take some further enrichment because right now their stockpile is close to 60%. They need to get to 90% to be weapons grade. But the belief is that they could enrich that material within one month to produce that much material. Now, once they produce that material, Iran then needs to make a fundamental decision. Are they going to build nuclear weapons? and that decision has not yet been made as far as we know. They will then have the material that they need to make the bomb. They'll need to build the weapon device with the trigger that will set it off, and then of course they need a delivery system, a missile, they can mount it all on. Those are other things that would take more time, whether or not they are going to have those weapons. Everybody in the world, including Israel and the U.S., is watching closely. The latest hostage proposals, and this week that has been flying wild through the news media. Hamas came back and said that if we have a permanent ceasefire, then we'll discuss releasing hostages. Israel said no. So then Israel came back and said, we'll do a six-week pause and you release the hostages, and Hamas came back and said no. Right now, the present plan and what Hamas has then proposed counterwise, Israel is considering is a 135-day pause, which is about four months or so. And that would extend through the period of Ramadan, which is coming up, which is the Palestinian holiday in March. That's a very important holiday for them. There are 136 hostages that are staged for release. We know for a fact that 32 of them are dead. We think that maybe an additional 20 are dead also that means out of the 136, only 78 of them would be returning alive. In exchange for that, the proposal says that 1,500 Palestinian prisoners would be freed. 500 of those would be commuted life sentences. Palestinians are in prison for life because of murder against the Israelis. The U.S. is pressuring Israel on this deal. If you'll recall, back from last week, I shared with you how Biden had forced sanctions, personal sanctions on four Israelis, and we've done a little investigating to find out what that's all about. Several weeks ago, in a Palestinian community called Huwara, there were riots. Palestinian settlers had gone in there, and they had burned several of the buildings. They had attacked several Palestinians. They were doing it in response because terrorists had come out of that community and had killed some Israeli settlers. And the Israeli settlers said, enough is enough. They went in there, they attacked their town, as I said, burned several buildings down, attacked several of them. Well, even the government of Israel didn't agree with that, and there were several of the rioters that were Israeli settlers, they were arrested, they were convicted. But they served only a small amount of time in prison. The United States, and in particular Joe Biden, is very upset about that. He didn't like that. 
So those are the individuals he decided to put sanctions on directly from the White House on those Israeli citizens. And so that's more of the steps of how Joe Biden and the White House are putting pressure on the Netanyahu government to try to cooperate with the U.S. in negotiations to end the Gaza war and to bring about the stop of the Palestinians being killed. Let's talk about IDF operations in Gaza. Hamas terrorists have been removed completely from northern Gaza. They believe they've also eliminated the tunnels that were up there as well, hiding them. Depending on who you talk to, which analyst, whether it be Israeli or non-Israeli, they all ventured that somewhere between 30% of Hamas has been destroyed in Gaza, up to 80%. The IDF is saying that they've eliminated the bulk of their battalions and their leaders, but there's still one very important Hamas terrorist they're still looking for, and his name is Sinwar. He's the leader of the Hamas down in Gaza. He's still being sought. They're chasing after him. In the course of looking for him, they found some documents, Israel did, and it showed that Iran has been paying him $154 million for his services. So here's your direct connection that shows the leader of Hamas in Gaza being paid for by Iran. So Iran is definitely directing this. This is not a thing for the Palestinian people. This is about supporting Iran's objectives to hate Israel. The last stronghold that they have surrounded down in Gaza is a hospital in Khan Yunus in that city. And as you know, Hamas has been using hospitals as strongholds for their bases. They have surrounded that and they're going in and trying to eliminate that as the last stronghold. Netanyahu is at the same time demanding probes into IDF misdeeds. Reports have come back from Palestinians, others, that the IDF soldiers in their anger against dealing with the Palestinians and the harm that's come to the troops may have done some misdeeds. Netanyahu is demanding that the IDF do those probes and find out who did what and to punish those people accordingly. Recently, the IDF, in doing some of their exploratory training, came up with a weird scenario, and they did a practice with the IDF on it. The weird scenario was Israeli settlers running into Palestinian communities and taking Palestinians hostage. Now, this was strictly an IDF exercise. In fact, only IDF soldiers were involved. And the IDF soldiers that were portraying the settlers capturing the Palestinians, they wore a vest that said enemy so that the IDF soldiers could tell the difference between their soldiers playing the settlers and the soldiers playing the Palestinians. Word of this weird training exercise came back, and everybody in Israel is very upset. The settlers obviously are upset that they're being portrayed as the enemy going and doing that kind of harm to Palestinians. It's a fact that Palestinians go take Israeli hostages, but settlers and Israelis don't take Palestinian hostages. For the IDF to practice that weird scenario to see how they would handle it just seemed way off base. And in fact, Netanyahu was very upset with the IDF the general chief of staff has already apologized for it, and they're re-examining what kind of training scenarios they do. But in the midst of all that's going on in the Middle East, this is like a further embarrassment 
to take place there. With regard to Hezbollah up on the Lebanese border, as you know, Israeli civilians have been moved away from the border. There's constant fighting going back and forth. Israel is attacking Hezbollah positions. Hezbollah is trying to shoot at the Israelis across the border. Well, Israel has said that if we're going to have any future chance of going back to calm, Hezbollah has to move away from the border. They have to move back to where they can't do that cross-border raiding. By the way, that was the agreement that the UN put in place, and the UN forces there, peacekeeping forces, are supposed to be enforcing that. Hezbollah has violated that UN agreement. Israel is demanding that agreement be honored, and they're talking with Hezbollah to move away from the border. At this point, Hezbollah is refusing to do that, so that continues to remain as a hot spot for it. Now, Gallant, who's the IDF minister, has said, well, if Hezbollah won't move back and the UN can't get them to move back, Israel will get them back. And, and the hinting at Israel would force Hezbollah back away from the border. That's yet to be seen as to whether that really happens. The IDF is pushing for Hezbollah to be pushed away from the border because they fear a similar attack that happened down in Gaza on October 7th. They feared that Hezbollah forces could suddenly rush the border, come across, attack civilians, take hostages, do exactly the same thing that Hamas did down in Gaza. And Israel does not want that to happen again. So you can understand their position of trying to get them to force back from the border. Furthermore, we have a lot of Israeli civilians that have homes up near the border. They would like to go back to their homes, but they can't go back to their homes with all the cross-border attacks going on and with all of the threat coming from Hezbollah across the border. Again, the Hezbollah border with Israel there in Lebanon is very hot. There is the possibility it could break out of war anytime, and there's great concern about it as a future escalation. Iran clearly is exploiting the use of the Palestinians and their gains at this point. Now, maybe you're set there saying, well, what gains have the Palestinians done? They've lost all kinds of troops. Gaza's been blown up. Hezbollah's being hit. But you have to understand how Iran views success. Success for them is that one Israeli citizen or one Israeli soldier is killed. That is success. They could lose all kinds of Palestinians. All of them could get killed. But as long as they get one Israeli, they consider that a great success. So right now, Hamas and Iran is saying that everything that has happened in the Middle East so far has been a great Iranian and Palestinian success. Just goes to show you the, the nature of the people we're trying to negotiate with. And as a result, those are very difficult negotiations with Hezbollah and the Lebanese border. U.S. naval forces are still hitting the Houthi rebels in Yemen and also hitting the Iranian proxies up in Iraq and in Syria. As you recall, the government finally, after a week, decided to attack and continued to attack the Iranian proxies. There have been some casualties on their part. Do we think that it's changing the equation so that those attacks will stop? The answer is no. Houthi rebels have said that the U.S. has escalated it, and now they've declared war on the U.S. 
and they want to continue to attack even more. And the Iranian proxies are doing the same thing. They've attacked another base and they've attacked even more soldiers and so forth. The problem with the U.S. strategy at this point is they have telegraphed all their moves. They're telling them what they're going to do in advance. So the proxy units can move out of the way. The Houthis move their stuff out of the way. In, in warfare, you don't tell the enemy what you're going to attack or that you're going to come get him or that whatever. You just go get him. And hopefully you hit him by surprise, which is a major strategic tactical point to be able to win. But the U.S. doesn't seem to want to follow the basic principles of modern warfare. They want to avoid having a battle with Iran. In fact, as they announced, they were continuing to attack. They also made sure they made the statement, we don't want a war with Iran. We don't want to escalate with Iran. Well, having said that, they just described a policy that has no chance of success. And in fact, in both situations with U.S. forces in Syria, Iraq, and down in the Houthi rebels in Yemen, there's no solution in sight whatsoever. This is just going to continue. I'd like to ask you again, pray for Israel, pray for the return of the hostages, the safety of the IDF soldiers, and for our troops and our sailors that are over there in the Middle East doing the service of our country. Thank you for watching this program. Remember to like and subscribe to our channel. Shabbat Shalom to all of you as the Sabbath approaches at the end of the week. Shalom.